You're listening to The Diary of a Christian Girl. You're with Nicole. I'm going to be talking about an introduction to my faith. I wasn't always Christian. I grew up in a Catholic family. And what it means to be part of a Catholic family, it means that if you're born into a Catholic family, apparently you're always Catholic. I didn't mind it first because, well, it was my life and I loved my family. As I got older, when I did go to church, I felt the Holy Spirit more than I think most people did. When you go into a Catholic church, it feels pretty much dead and there's mostly well, in Levin, there is mostly old people that go to church, and a lot of them aren't really alive. But the times when I felt the Holy Spirit, when it was truly alive, was when I blessed myself with holy water, or I sung songs. Even when I took communion sometimes. I don't know why, but I did. And what that felt like was tingling feeling and a warm feeling inside but like I felt like if I did the sign of the cross on the my forehead I'd feel a little tingling feeling when in my heart I would feel a warm indescribable love feeling I'd feel really happy my mum is a very relaxed Catholic means she'd rather sleep in which is a blessing because on Sundays you don't really want to be waking up at about seven or eight to go to a church and then spend an hour there like most people when it's a Sunday all they want to do is sleep in you know enjoy relax in the day nope but if you wanted to go to church you had to endure an hour of sitting there listening to some monotone voice talking about the love of God and whatever specific day it was, how it was relevant to God. And if it wasn't a specific relevant day like Palm Sunday or Easter, it was just a random scripture in the Bible. And it seemed to me to be only that scripture in the Bible. Easter was the worst and so is Christmas. This is because you either wake up early to endure longer than an hour of boring service or you have to go out in the cold at night to endure an hour or two more of boring service. Now I do love God but going to the Catholic Church is like getting sentenced to death death by boredom I would say you think your science teacher is bad you have not endured a Catholic service it was great when I was a kid because I only had to sit through half of it and then go to children's church where I got to kill her but as you got older it got more boring a lot of this time, I would, I would rest my head on my mum's shoulder 
it's normally just a rest, but I end up being like my father and sleeping through the whole thing until it was either communion or I started snoring and my mum woke me up. I got to say, it was kind of embarrassing except for the fact of I don't realise I'm snoring, so when I wake up and mum tells me I'm snoring, it was like, oh, well, I don't believe you. It was probably more embarrassing for mum because she had to get those looks from people in front of her looking behind to see where that snoring's coming from. I didn't realise how embarrassing it was until I went to church with my father, who was a Christian, and he would fall asleep in church. And not just once. I don't know. Like He goes because in divorce he was afraid he was never going to see my, me and my brother again, which is pretty hard. And I, I admire him for going for that reason. But to sit next to my father... <laughs> during services asking for a death warrant because every five minutes just after he sat down and church has just started he would you would hear a snoring sound and sometimes he'd wake himself up from his own snoring other times I would have to nudge him awake because it would just get worse and to be honest it wasn't the only time he snored he actually snored in a cinema once very embarrassing I'm glad that um, people at my dad's church don't judge. My Catholic church that I went to, on the other hand, I'm sure they talked about it a lot afterwards. Um, Yes. So when you're born Catholic, you are a Catholic, apparently. The other thing about being a Catholic is my nana, she's quite controlling. She's Catholic. Her brother, my nana's brother, is a priest. And I love him, adore him, because he actually uses his heart and is very kind. He's my favorite. He's my favorite out of my mum's um, family, really. Then there's my nana's sister, my auntie Gay, who's a nun, and she's she's lovely, but she scares me as well, and she hurts me unintentionally. So what my nana did to me and my brother because my brother was getting into intermediate and my nana said that she's very controlling she said that we have to go to a catholic school because we're catholic and that's where we belong so that meant i had to leave everything i knew at living east my friends my what i felt was my freedom everything because my nana had to have a say in my life. I was very happy at Living East but because I was Catholic I had to go to a Catholic school so I got moved to St Joseph's. I hated the thought of going there so much that me and my brother we took turns playing sick so one week he'd be sick the next week I'd be sick and it went on for a while until my mum realised. <laughs> but I'd rather have played sick than go to the Catholic school. I did make friends there, and it's not that bad, but a day in the life of the Catholic school, every morning we sat in a circle and we prayed the rosary. And that was all cool. Um, 
I mean, I got to connect with God, but <sighs> it wasn't enough. And I didn't make sense because my best friend told me that that God says that he's the only God and he, he's the only one to be prayed to. So praying to Mary and the saints didn't make sense to me anymore. Um, but yeah, that was relaxing because we didn't have to do schoolwork. I felt at the Catholic school I missed out on so much. This is because instead of doing science, we did religious education. Now, you might think, oh, well, that's not a big deal. But at intermediate, normal kids got to do science or learn something, you know, productive in the world. They got to learn woodwork or stuff like that. We had to do religious education and learn all about the saints. I don't remember much of religious education as it was that boring. But when everyone got to college and a lot of people knew more science than me and I was a bit behind, I blamed religious education because I felt so behind. It would have been great if we could have done science as well, you know, as it's more needed. I don't mind doing religious education as long as it doesn't really block out my education of anything else that's important, but it did, and I suffered for it. But it wasn't all bad. I mean, I got to make friends, and we had pet days where we got to bring our cats and stuff in, which was great. Yes. Um, another part of my life my nana lovingly controlled was when I went to my dad's. As I said, he is a Christian, so he goes to a Christian church, which I love. And I still go to this till this day. Um, my nana found out and she said, no, you guys are Catholic, you're born Catholic, you have to go to a Catholic church. So... My dad being scared of my nana, we all went along to the Catholic Church. It was boring. They sometimes spoke in a different language, as I think it was Samoan. Um, yeah. And instead of happily walking down the road to go to church, like Life Point, where I could feel friendliness, love, happiness, and just everything I need, I instead marched myself down to the Catholic Church in Wellington in the cold to sit down for a while and listen to a preacher speak. It was dreadfully boring. Just, there was no life there. It was pretty much dead. It was cold. No one came up to you and said, hello, how are you doing? And generally asked if you're okay. No one did that. And that was really sad. Um, another thing that scared me of being Catholic was my, so my mum and father, when before I was one, broke up because of abuse. My father was a bit abusive and my mum didn't want to take it anymore, so they broke up. Doesn't hurt me because I wasn't really 
well, you know, there at the time. But it kind of did upset me for some time via emotions, like wishing my mum and dad would be back together, um, wanting a normal family life. My dad was hurt drastically through that. And he told me, through his pain, he didn't mean to, but through his pain he said that there's no point getting married. Women are scary creatures. He taught me that there was no point in love because you're only just going to get hurt. It's just best to be alone. Now, getting told that stuff at a very young age, you try to say, not true, it's not true, you know. And you're right, it's not true, but it still chips away at you. And then as you get older, you get scared of people. It's very hard to open up. But the damage I saw do to my dad, it does concern me, <laughs> love. But when I sat with my auntie Gay um, at one of my mum's family reunions, she sat with me and she's like, randomly out of the blue, sits to me going, this was when my mum had her boyfriend with her. She said to him, she said to me, you know your mum can't ever get married again. I'm like, why not? She said to me, well, because in the eyes of the Lord, you can only get married once, and she's still married to your father. There's no such thing as divorce in the eyes of God. And I'm like, but surely she can. You know, abuse is probably an okay thing to divorce by. God doesn't want her to get hurt. It's like, well, she doesn't have, yes, but in the eyes of God, she's still married, despite whether they're living together or not. So she can never get married again. And I'm the... And I just looked at her saying, thinking, how can you be such a hatred person? God is not... God does not hate. God does not judge. God is very forgiving and God wants her to be happy. God wants people to be happy. How can you say, sit there and say that she's not allowed happiness? So that's another major thing that turned me off being Catholic. So it was the damage that I got caused by my Catholic family and the hurt that I got done by my father, none intentional. I relied more on God because, and what I believed God was, which is love. God is the essence of love. So, <laughs> yes, that's why. When that's so before that, a lot of that, my friend took me to her church, and that's where I found out more about God. That the fact that you can have happiness, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is amazing because he just heals you. you. It's not unless you actually open up your heart to God. He heals you. You feel this rush like water coming through your soul. That's God. And he's like washing everything away. He's 
is it's undescribable and it's lovely. A lot of people just probably say that that would be my own imagination, but the best feeling, however, is when, because, well, what happens when you get a father who is in pain and takes it out on you, not intentionally, but he who has anger issues, who has, so he yelled at you a lot over losing budget soap, um, tells you to man up that crying is for for wusses and you shouldn't cry because it's weak. Someone who tells you that love is worthless and you shouldn't ever get married because love will just make you hurt. Sounds very dramatic and very Disney princess or something like that. But what happens when all that happens at a quite young age is you harden up, you turn stone, you don't feel, you try to block out feelings because if you see your dad again, something goes wrong, you know, you don't want to be attached, you don't want to cry, you don't want to get hurt, so you turn cold. Well, this great preacher, Michael Livengood, came to AOG once, and it was awesome because what happened was, but I think he's an evangelist. I think that means that he goes around talking about God, but he also heals people. You know, God's given him the gift of healing. Now, he doesn't heal people, but God through him heals people. Anyway, so he's like, he did the altar call. And I decided, nah, I'm just gonna sit in my chair. I don't want any of this, you know. I was quite afraid to go up. I was fighting with my pride. After he's healed quite a lot of people, laid his hand on a lot of people, he did the oddest thing. He went off where they were doing the whole healing and came down through the seats towards me. And all he, he didn't say anything. He didn't really do anything. All he did was lay his hand on top of my head. And I felt the Spirit of God come through me. And for the first time in years, I cried. The walls broke down. I couldn't keep it up anymore. And I cried. I felt God coming through me and just this warm flood coming into my heart. And I just broke. And ever since I couldn't get that wall back up, God broke it for good. And I know why. Turning hard and cold is stone as much as you can get as much as you want to get hurt you can also not feel and it turns you into a hatred person it turns you you don't feel sympathy you don't care just turn heartless as a lot of people are you would see someone suffering 
think they should just get over it. But when you feel you have compassion, you care, you you have kindness, you can help. And that's what God wants me to do. He wants me to help. You're listening to The Diary of a Christian Girl. You're with Nicole. So my best friend Sarah Mae Skilton is here to talk about my introduction to Christianity through her eyes. We've been best friends for 17 years now, met at primary school, became extremely fast friends, and she's like my sister, so take it away, Sarah Mae. What was it like for you when I was coming to faith? It was weird because you thought you had the faith, you thought you knew that you were already saved, or you are already going to heaven. Because of your Catholic upbringing, and I'm just like, well, no, uh, you're not, because you're not saved. You're not. You haven't accepted God, Jesus, into your heart, and that's what you need to do. You're not, not just born into the kingdom of heaven. And so, taking you from like just the Catholic hoo-ha, really, to um, Pentecostal was kind of amusing for me. The the first time I remember you being at church was when someone prophesied over you. That was, I remember you being absolutely terrified of that. Um, <laughs> Your church was weird. I told you that that was um, a gift of God and that, you know, to believe in God and Jesus, that's what you, you believe in. And then <laughs> the next memory is really the revival in 2008. And... Steph Fawcett was insulting Catholics by putting his hands together and going, oh, holy constipated cows in your face. But, yeah, just seeing you grow from just thinking you are born into it and that you didn't really need to do anything Mm -hmm. to actually accepting that you need to do something to actually following it stop leaning on me to help you but actually living your own life was really cool I felt like yeah (laughs) and that's why I cried at your baptism you're listening to the diary of a Christian girl you're with Nicole my brother is two years older than me his name's Ashley he's about 24 so yes I'm 22 he's been gay since he's been 15 years old. He's been through a lot of tough stuff because of him being gay. I just wish that I was old enough to protect him at that time. I protect him now. Um, Yes, but he's here with me to talk about how gays and Christians can get along and what makes us get along. Take it away, Ashley. What was it like coming out to me? Actually, yeah, scared because I don't know how, how you guys were going to react or how you were going to react, really. No. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you known you were gay for? Since I was 15. How has me being Christian influenced your life? I like it that you being Christian, you don't judge me for me being gay kind of thing. You don't judge the person, you just judge the... Act. Yeah, the act of being gay, but you don't judge the person. It's kind of nice that I've still got a little sister that looks out for me too and everything, and, you know, 
still don't treat me differently or anything, so... What is the downside of me being Christian for you? Just, like, some beliefs and stuff, like, for instance, you know, having someone to support me when I like, when I go to, like, the gay clubs because I haven't been in that scene, and it's kind of, like, against your beliefs. Uh, I just have to say that some, some beliefs are just a bit difficult, but I don't dwell on it too much. So does it affect you knowing that I don't agree with, you know, being gay and the whole gay is, like, not a choice and stuff? Well, I don't really care. You have your decisions and I have mine. You have your opinions and I have my opinions and, you know, not everyone's going to have the same opinion and everything. So, no, they're not. Yeah. How do you feel about me being gay? Well, as you know, I don't agree with it. You know, I support you. If anyone tries to hurt you, I will really defend you. Like, they would not like it. I don't agree with, you know, the whole gay marriage thing, but I will be there at your wedding. How was it when you found out I was getting deeper into my faith as a Christian? didn't really bother me. I was little. We were raised Catholic and we knew of Jesus and stuff. I didn't judge. I'm happy for you that you're carrying out your faith and you're committed to Jesus. So pretty much what it comes down to is we both don't really judge each other. We know where we stand and we do not push each other. Yep, we know where we stand, yes. Yes, so we can talk to each other about all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. Just breaking it down. Talk to people about how you feel. Don't push them. Accept what you can't change. Yeah. Sweet. So, as we learned, my brother and me do get along. We t- listen to each other. We know where each other stands. And we try to be there for one another all the time. Doesn't matter that he's homosexual. That's for God to judge, not for me. You're listening to The Diary of a Christian Girl. You're with Nicole. So what does my faith mean to me? My faith in God means everything to me. Well, faith to me is when you believe in something that a lot of people are telling you is not there. What's the point? When you see them making fun of you all the time, they might say, oh, well, we're not making fun of you. And you might go, yeah, well, I know you're not making fun of me, but you're making fun of my belief. Or when you open your mouth to say something about God and they give you this look or this look of boredom or I can't believe you're doing this. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, this is absolutely ridiculous. I'm fucking gone! That sort of thing, it hurts me because, well, it's my faith you're making fun of. You're just throwing God and Christ out there. Just as much as a lot of people get hurt by people saying, that's so gay, or, I hate that program, it's gay. It's the same thing, the same concept. So my faith is important to me, and hearing people knock it, it's kind of hurtful or saying oh I'll pray for you stuff like that if you don't mean it don't say it it hurts if you have a Christian in a class support them it's pretty difficult being in a Christian in a non-Christian environment you don't have any supporters there you know another thing I find it difficult is praying because that's why I like going away hiding to a little dark secure place where I don't think anyone will find me because I don't like getting judged. My pride is a big difficult thing that I need to overcome. I care more about what people think of me than I should. And I let that control me, which is not cool. So it's one hurdle I've got to get over, but as I said, it's pretty difficult. My faith also helps me overcome difficult things. Like I'm a self-harmer, so I'll pray to God about that that I know he loves me and 
that I need him to just help me out, pour his love out for me, you know, send some support, and sometimes he'll send a friend. And that doesn't necessarily come as Christian friends, you know, which is okay, because I know he sends who I need. Another thing that God uses, that I rely on my faith for, is to get me out of difficult times, as I said. Uh, another example of that is when my friends had decided they were going to go do something that was illegal around me or something happens in class that I don't like that's illegal or uncomfortable and really inappropriate and I need God to help me get out of a situation. Um, the time when my friends were doing something illegal around me, I prayed for my teeth saying, God, get me out of here. And I got a call from a friend who barely calls me and... That was wonderful when I used them as a scapegoat as well as was really happy to talk to them. Another bigger reason I believe in God and I've, I'm learning to use my faith um, is I saw a girl getting harassed like a few years ago by what looked like her boyfriend and I stood up for her and asked her if she was okay and let her know I was there for her. The guy said to me, he said, leave us alone. No, she doesn't want your help. And I'm like, she can talk for herself. And I was asked her if she wanted to call the cops. She was like, no, I'm fine. It's okay, I'll, I'll deal with it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll be here for you if you need me. So she went to her house and I, I felt God tell me to wait. It's just like when God told me to help her out, God told me to wait and call the cops, so I did. And a few seconds later, she was out there with a bag saying, can you please call the cops for me? And I was like, I've already, I'm already calling them. They're on the phone right now. Do you want to talk to them? She's like, yes, please. And she got me to protect her bag. And he came outside trying to harass her and grab her bag. I didn't let him. It's kind of uncomfortable, but I did it. And it was freaky, but I did what needed to be done. And that's what faith is. When you feel in your heart God talking to you or you step out, you believe in that feeling and you do it. And nine times out of ten it'll be right so what's the point of being christian and having faith in god love and righteousness if you're not going to do what it takes to use it well be just like having a heater and blankets in the middle of winter and choosing not to use them and freezing you're listening to the diary of a christian girl you're with nicole my average day um consists of waking up praying to god you know asking him for help during my day also I usually pray to him when I'm motorbike or listen to Rima in the car and pray and worship to him. That's going there and back during my travels. When I get to class, I normally go on my Word for Today app. Sometimes during class I need a bit of guidance. During my weekends, I love hanging out with my mates, gaming and drinking. I don't like getting drunk. Just like reading, relaxing, try to read the Bible. It is a major struggle. During my weeks, um, if I'm not at course, I like to be on volunteering at the op shop. Sundays, if I feel like it, I'll go to church, but I mainly only go to church if I'm in Wellington because I like LifePoint. My aim for next year is to hopefully attend Refocus again, um, but until then I'll find another youth, youth group or another group I can join. And at the end of the day, I like to pray and get into the presence of God as well. Usually I'm always talking to God in my head for a little bit of guidance or Lord help me have patience and not 
get angry at this person. Stuff like that. Coming up next week, we will be talking about misconceptions. Misconceptions of a Christian. Um, how that affects me. How that affects others. What you can do about it. And how I've learnt to deal with it. You're listening to The Diary of a Christian Girl. You're with Nicole. All music thanks to bensound.com for all your music needs.